welcome to Deeply Rooted Online, where women encourage women by sharing scripture and stories of God at work. Well, hello again, all of you listeners and viewers out there. Welcome to our podcast um, called Deeply Rooted, and it's Martha Munz, Esther Jennings, and myself, Carrie Fellows, here to discuss Psalm 100. Yes, we're doing some summer devos now, and summer seems like a time for worship. It's easy to worship for me in summer because you just look outside and the sun's shining. It's great. Mm -hmm. And I got thinking about that and thinking about a quote from a friend of mine who I used to teach with. He had a sign above his blackboard, well, whiteboard in school that was said, life is worship. And so what I'd like to do is look at Psalm 100. And I know that Sunday we set aside to worship God, and that's great. It's such a blessing. But I'd like to think about that idea that life is worship and use Psalm 100 to help us think about that together. Because all of life is an act of worship to God as we walk with Christ. Okay, Psalm 100, a psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. That's beautiful. Thank you, Carrie. That's that's excellent. Well, as we kind of look verse by verse here, the first verse is about um, make a joyful noise all the earth. So everything in the earth, And I love thinking about that. You know, we think about birds singing and children laughing and your flowers that maybe you've just planted. All these things are kind of making these joyful expressions. And in case you think I'm being too fanciful, I looked at Psalm 148 and it talks about praising the Lord. And here's a quote from Psalm 148. It says, fire and hail stormy wind fulfilling his word so it's kind of saying when creation does what creation is supposed to do it's worshiping god it fulfills his word so i think that's exciting so i just like us to take say four seconds here and close your eyes and just think about how creation what you see outside or what's going on inside, what God has given you, how how that can fulfill God's word, how it gives God glory, whether it's a well-baked set of muffins or it's a beautiful flower arrangement or it's a person who's just really blessing you today. So I hope you thought of something that really is joyful that God has made. And as we look at verse 2, It says, serve the Lord with gladness and delight. Come before his presence with joyful singing. And of course, we specifically do that on Sundays. 
But I also would like to focus on the fact that as we do our day-to-day -day tasks, whether it's going to work and, you know, if you're a nurse in the hospital like Esther is, or you're a personal trainer like Carrie is, or maybe you're retired like me, or you're at home with little kids, all those day-to-day -day things, if we do them with gladness, you know, we're serving the Lord and it's a form of worship. I love that. Martha, as I was listening to you share, I was thinking that uh, of the word celebration and I liked the alliteration, celebration and singing and serving and all of these things just are a reminder of what brings God pleasure when we live our life that way. And the fact that when we serve, it's actually worship is, is really uh, impactful to me. And I, I was thinking of Ephesians six and seven, it says, work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. And uh, I just think that we need to keep that in mind as we do our maybe mundane tasks, and they don't always seem to be something that is joy filled. But if we think of them as working for the Lord, it takes on a completely different perspective. I think that's exactly what these scriptures are leading us to, Esther. And that is such a good thought. So why don't we just take four seconds here again? And I would challenge you, women, as you're looking forward for your tasks today, or if you listen at night or whatever, what's coming up in your life, don't think of how you can make them worship to the Lord. Think of them as worship to the Lord. Just think of them that as you serve or go to the beach or whatever you're doing, that it's worship to the Lord and, and get that image in your mind. Well, moving on, verse three says, know that the Lord is God. And I think that that is the essential thing that makes everything in life worship. Whatever we're doing, if we know that God is God, we don't have to be always thinking about that. But if that is in the back of our minds, I really think that elevates everything we're doing to a form of worship. You know, God has given you your face and your hair, and maybe you do them every day. That's an act of worship because God loves you and made you the way you are. So I really think we can keep that in mind that God is the creator. He's behind it all. So everything we do, it can be an act of worship. Now, we've already kind of talked about that. So I'd like to move on to verse four, which gets a little more specific. And it says, uh, come into his courts with thanksgiving, Carrie read. And so that is a concrete way that we recognize that God's the creator. And it also said he's the shepherd. He's our shepherd. So when we can be thankful in whatever we do, and recognize that he's shepherding our lives, um, you know, that is bringing God into the mundane, the everyday. And that is a form of worship. And just that attitude, I think, you know, as we've said, the attitude of gratitude, it's a bit of a cliche, but still, that is how life 
is worship. Too, when we think about the attributes of God, that allows us to be grateful. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, his steadfastness, his love for us, his faithfulness, his promises. All of those things to say that he is our God, he is our Lord and God and Savior. It just, it, how can you not be in awe? Mm-hmm. That word gratitude is what's coming to me when we think of Thanksgiving in verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So our gratitude brings glory to him. And I think that's a really important reminder. But I was thinking also, how can we be thankful when we're confused and hurting? Because let's face it, those times come. And we do have really hard times that we walk through. And yet, how can we still worship and be thankful and bring glory to him, even in those dark seasons? And I was reminded of Romans 8 and 26. It says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. That's something to be grateful for. That is something to be thankful for that when we don't know what to say and when we don't know why we are suffering like we are, he knows our weakness. He knows what our heart wants to say to him, and he carries that already to the throne of grace for us. I love that, Esther, because it's true. Life isn't all bowls of flowers and happy times. We have those challenges, and yet it still is a form of worship as we're grateful. Sometimes we can't be grateful for what's just happened, but we're grateful that God is with us in that and as you said the spirit is with us so whatever your situation um friends let's take a few seconds here and think of one or two things and just give thanks to god for them whether it's his presence in your life and that he's walking with you through a difficult summer or you know you're one of those people that is enjoying your time outside and the great weather so Let's just take a few seconds and think together of something we can be thankful for. Well, let's move on to our final verse, which I think is very important in this psalm. Um, it is on the topic that Carrie already introduced. Verse five is the why of worship. Why do we worship? What's the whole basis for worship? It is God's character. It says, the Lord is good. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness to all generations. That's why we can worship um, God, because of who he is. And we see a glimpse of that in creation. We definitely see a strong picture of that in God's word, um, as we see here. And so that's what causes us to worship, that we have a God who is faithful to us, whatever we're walking through, whether it's the joys of life or the difficulties of life. So I would really wrap up and challenge you to think on one characteristic of God today that 
is meaningful to your heart? Is it the fact that he's with you, that he's faithful? Is it the fact that he is working things for good, even though it doesn't look like it? Is it the fact that he's this amazing creator who's got this awesome creation out there? Whatever speaks to you about God today, let's just take a couple seconds now and just praise God for who he is. Well, thank you so much for that um, lesson and that take home, take away. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I felt very blessed by it. So thank you, Martha, and everybody as you go about your day. Just remember, stay deeply rooted. Thanks for joining us at Deeply Rooted today. If God has been speaking to you and you want to connect with someone for prayer, email us at deeplyrooted at myharvestchurch.ca. Be sure to subscribe to this channel to receive notifications when new content is released. And finally, let's stay connected with one another and deeply rooted in Christ.